Welcome to the Vintage Church Podcast. You're listening to a teaching message by Vintage Church in Harker Heights, Texas. Whenever and wherever you are listening to this, our hope is that you are encouraged and challenged by this message and that you are inspired to take your next step with Jesus. For more information, please visit us at vintage.church or follow us on Facebook by searching Vintage Church TX. Well, hello everyone and welcome back to week two of a series we started last week called The Indestructible Word. We're together over the few weeks here in the fall. We're learning how the Bible empowers us to live our best life. You know, there's a lot of people, there's a lot of organizations that will market to you about the best possible way to live. But can I just tell you, after following Jesus for 25 years, his ways are higher and always Better. I want to welcome you to this series as we dig deeper into his indestructible word. My name's Stephen, and I'm one of the pastors here. I want to encourage you, if you're joining us in the room or maybe online and you haven't yet jumped into a small group, we continue the conversation here into small groups. They meet all over the cities that we serve, including several that you can hop in digitally or online via video streaming. I want to encourage you to do that. If you haven't done it, you can uh, download the Vintage Church app. Or you can visit our website. The app is a great place to start, though. It's available on all your app stores. You can also see all of the things that we have uh, coming up and going on at Vintage Church. So we're going to jump right in. Remember, last week, we learned how the Bible instructs us. Sometimes we don't know which way to go. Sometimes there's darkness that surrounds us. But the Bible, look what Psalm says in 119.105. It says, your word is a lamp to guide my feet, look what it says, and a light for my path. We learn how the Bible instructs us, it brings light to us, but it also always works and never fails us. Luke chapter 1 verse 37, for the word of God will never fail. You know, there are a lot of people that make promises and they don't always deliver. There are a lot of things that you try in your life and they fail. But did you know, when you work God's word, it always works no matter what. Why? Because the word of God, Luke says here, will never fail. Today we're going to continue to build on this principle. The Bible instructs us. Today we're going to learn how the Bible speaks to us through the person of the Holy Spirit. Did you know that the Bible, from cover to cover, is the inspired by God's spirit testimony of God's plan and purpose, specifically about Jesus? It's the Holy Spirit that inspires the Word of God. And today we're going to learn that not only did the Holy Spirit inspire the Word of God uh, on paper, but it also, He also inspires and empowers us to live the Christian life. Now, when I talk about the Holy Spirit... Okay, I'm sure if you have any kind of background in faith or, or religion or at all, you're going to probably be in one of three uh, responses. You know, when I talk about the Holy Spirit, there's usually three types of people. The first type of person is well, you're curious. Maybe you're new to faith. Maybe you just started coming. You're just starting to get connected, uh, to which I would say I'm so glad that you're here because you need the Holy Spirit in your Faith, whether you're starting for whether you're starting from scratch or you're restarting your faith, you need to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. Some of you, when I talk about the Holy Spirit, you're a little concerned. Like, you know, maybe you've heard something or maybe you've seen something done. You know, maybe you turned on Christian television late at night and, you know, something weird happened in the name of the Holy Spirit. And, you, you know, you're like, you're not, you're just kind of concerned. Uh, others of you, you're closed. You know, when I mention the person of the Holy Spirit, 
uh, you immediately think about a horrible experience you've had. Or maybe there was a time when you, maybe you were hurt or you were, you were uh, misled or, or, or you were maybe even abused in the name of the Holy Spirit. Can I just tell you, the Holy Spirit is not an abuser. The Holy Spirit's not weird. The Holy Spirit is absolutely essential to you. Why? Because he's your helper and your advocate. Some of us are curious. Some of us are concerned. Some of you are closed. But here's what I want us to do. No matter where you are in this room, we need to remember the Bible is our foundation as Christians for living, and it instructs us, and we need to make sure that it, not our experiences, not what we've heard on the street, but it is our filter for understanding the Holy Spirit. I believe that when we open up the the scripture, we see the Holy Spirit and all of his power for us. You know, I'm going to start with a passage of scripture. It tells us a little bit about Jesus. You know, I don't know about you, but for me personally, uh, I don't like crowds. Like, I don't know what it is about a crowd. I don't like being surrounded by a bunch of people. Now, if it's people that I know, like at church, I'm actually really comfortable, by the way, if I haven't gotten a chance to know you, I'd love to meet you at the guest suite. I don't mind those crowds, but I particularly mean when you go to big events or concerts, I'm not a big concert goer. I don't really like big crowds. I've noticed in crowds that people are kind of rude. I don't know if you've ever noticed that. People are a little more on edge. They're not really paying attention to anyone else. And I I just don't really love big crowds. Look what Jesus says in Matthew 9, 36. When he saw the crowds, when he saw the crowds, unlike me, he had compassion on them. Why? Because they were confused and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Did you know that without scripture, without the Bible, you and I are just like crowds of people, right, that are confused and helpless. And the reason we're confused and helpless is because we're like sheep without a shepherd. Now, I was started thinking about this idea of sheep and shepherd. The Bible here says that, you know, we're all sheep, right? And, I, I, you know, lately it seems like people have really been hating on sheep. You know, you, you see things on social media about politics or about social issues or whatever. And, you know, it's got, well, don't be a sheep. Well, you're just a sheep. Did you know that the Bible actually teaches that being a sheep is not optional for us? We're all sheep. The answer, the, the real question is, who are we following and what are we devoting our life to? I'm convinced as believers, this is so important, as we're talking about putting God's word first and foremost in our life, living from it, we can either be sheep in God's kingdom, obeying God's word, or we can be a stubborn goat. Why we're a stubborn goat, we, we don't mean to, but we lead others to harm. The Bible talks about the stubborn goat. He's mentioned as the fool in the book of Proverbs. You could also be a lone wolf devouring others, right? By the way, many people are wolves. The Bible says in the church, we're going to experience people that maybe come in with less than genuine intentions and they don't live God's word. As a matter of fact, they pull people away. Or you and I can be what Jesus wants us to be, and that's an obedient sheep. We can hear his voice. We can allow the word of God, like our tagline says in the series, to empower us to live our best Life. And so I'm just going to assume today that everybody in here, we want to be an obedient sheep, not just to anybody, but to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, to the creator of the universe, to Jesus as King. Okay. And so we're going to learn today how uh, the Bible speaks to us in that way. Here's the first thing that the Bible does when it speaks to us. The Bible speaks that Jesus is our great shepherd. We should write that down. We're an obedient sheep, but not just to anybody, only to Jesus. Did you know as Jesus walked with his disciples, as the disciples walked with Jesus, he was 100% man and 100% human. They had found a great shepherd. 
For three and a half years, they spent every day with Jesus. He walks with his disciples. They see everything that they've been waiting for, the Messiah, a king with real power. But then one day, Jesus talks about leaving them. One day, he makes this incredible statement. John 16, 7, but in fact, it is best for you that I go away because if I don't, the advocate won't come. If I do go away, then I will send him to you. I want you to think about what the disciples must have felt like. I want you to think about what it must have been like to walk with Jesus for three years and for him to turn and to say these words. It's better for you because I'm going to send someone Else. The truth is they didn't want to accept it, but it was reality. It was better for them to go, right, than it was, it was better for him to go, sit at the right hand of the Father, and send the Holy Spirit. And that brings me back to my dislike for crowds. You know, one of the things I like less than crowds is standing in a crowd while in line. How many of you guys have ever been to like a big amusement park? Like anytime I go to an amusement park, I always try to buy like the fast pass. I don't care what, it's, what it costs. I save up. I make sure that I can get it because I absolutely cannot stand lines. I want you to think about this for just a minute. Jesus here is saying, hey, it's better that I go for I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. And I want you to think about the lines for a minute. I want you to think about standing in line with maybe a couple hundred people or maybe a thousand people or maybe tens of thousands of people or perhaps billions. John 14, 25 says this, these things, Jesus says, I have spoken to you for a while I'm still with you. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Not as the world gives, do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Jesus is essentially saying, listen, it's better if I go because then the Holy Spirit's going to come and he's going to instruct you, but it's going to look different than me with you. Instead of waiting in lines that go billions of people and take up a lot of time, you're now going to have access because I go to the Father and intercede on your behalf. You're going to have access 24-7 to my voice, to my spirit. Here Jesus gives us the solution to those long lines. Don't miss this. The Holy Spirit is our guide. This is why it's so important to understand that the Bible is not just a history book. The Bible says in Hebrews, it is alive and active. It's working in your life. It's not just what happened then, but it's what you should do now. The Holy Spirit is our guide. God. John 14, 18 says this. No, Jesus says, I will not abandon you as orphans. I will come to you soon. The world will no longer see me, but you will see me. Since I live, you also will live. When I am raised to life again, you will know that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. He's saying, I would never leave you as orphans. He assured them that he would not abandon them, but through the Holy Spirit, he would always be with them personally every single day. So that begs the question, what's the Holy Spirit like? What's his purpose? Well, Jesus says, I only see what I see the Father doing. That's all I do. The Holy Spirit's number one job, number one responsibility is to remind you all about Jesus, to testify of Christ. There is no God in heaven who is unlike Jesus. The presence and power of the Holy Spirit is the presence and power of Jesus. Jesus was full of grace and truth. The Holy Spirit is full of grace and truth. Jesus leads and guides his disciples. The Holy Spirit does that Two, Jesus rescues spiritual orphans, we learned last week, and invites them into the family of God. It's actually the power of the Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth, the spirit of adoption that allows that to happen. 
So where does the Holy Spirit first appear in Scripture? Where the Holy Spirit appears in page 1. The Holy Spirit has always been with God. Page 1, sentence 2, just in case you need a refresher on the details. Genesis chapter 1, verse 2 shows us a Holy Spirit who is hovering over deep chaos, ready to create order and goodness out of the, 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 the deep. In Genesis 1, the Holy Spirit brings beauty and goodness to the world through God's words. In Exodus 31, the Holy Spirit brings beauty and goodness to the world through God's people. That's the Old Testament picture. Here in John 14, Jesus reveals to us a Holy Spirit who is not only intimately involved in the life of the Trinity, but who wants to be intimately involved in the life of every single believer. I'm going to give you some really, really deep theology. I usually don't do this a ton, okay? but I think it's important for us to understand kind of how this works. Right, this big idea of the Trinity, right? The Trinity. It's like it's the three persons, one God working in perfect unity. Right? By the way, we're created in the image of God, spirit, soul, and body. God is God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. There's a great symmetry and unity here to how this works. The Father sends Jesus to rescue us. We see that in John 3.16. Jesus, the Son, purchases our freedom with his own blood, redeeming us from the power of sin by becoming sin for us. Then the Holy Spirit empowers us to call God Father and constantly reminds us that we are in the family of God. Constantly reminds us of the truth of our son or daughtership. You know, as we wrap up and dig deeper this week in our small groups, I want to ask you this question. This is a very important question I want to ask you. Have you ever felt like you lacked confidence in standing up for Christ? Have you professed Jesus, but there have been times where you felt like maybe you didn't stand up in the power and the confidence and the authority that you should have? Maybe you've even been ashamed of it at times. Did you know even the Apostle Peter, one of Jesus' close friends, he missed it. He messed up on the toughest day of Jesus' life. Peter denied Christ not once, not twice, but three times. But then, 50 days later, on the day of Pentecost, Peter shares Christ boldly with thousands of people, and they were saved. Then there's this account where he stands up and boldly professes Jesus to those who Jesus had crucified. The same people he denied Christ to 50 days earlier. Now he's standing up and boldly proclaiming who Jesus is. Look in verse uh, Acts 4.13. The members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John. For they could see that they were ordinary men with no special training in scriptures. Look at this. They also recognized them as men who had been with Jesus. What was it that was so different 50 days later? Well, if you read the passage, you know that 50 days later, Pentecost means 50 days 50, the Holy Spirit was poured out on the church. Here's what I would tell you. It wasn't a different Peter. It was the same old Peter, but Peter had a different power. And that is so important. When the power of the Holy Spirit comes on you, things begin to change for you. That's the power of God's word speaking to us through the Holy Spirit. The next thing we learn is the Holy Spirit is our power. The same spirit that was given to Jesus at his baptism when the dove of the Holy Spirit laid on him, when Jesus resurrects, he sits at the right hand of the Father. That same Holy Spirit that was with Jesus enabled him to do all of the miracles of the New Testament now was sent to each and every person who believes. This power fuels the Christian life. Without it, you are stuck. Paul writes in the book of Ephesians 5.18, don't be drunk with wine because it will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. 
It's interesting in Ephesians 5.8, the verb tense of the word filled is this present, active, continuous thing that's happening in your life. Every time you hear God's word, you know, every time you pour over God's word, every time you hear God's word in church, you study it deeper in your small group, you are continuously being filled with the Holy Spirit. God gives you the gift of the presence of the Holy Spirit to minister love, grace, and healing to a hurting word. It's the Holy Spirit that allows us to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, with our mind, with our soul, with our strength, and to love our neighbor as our self. Look what the gifts of the Holy Spirit are mentioned in 1 Corinthians 12, 7. They're available to all of us. Let's read. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. To one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. To another, the same Spirit gives a message of special knowledge. The same Spirit gives great faith to another. And to someone else, the one Spirit gives the gift of healing. He gives one person the power to perform miracles and another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the Spirit of God or from another spirit. Still another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages while another is given the ability to interpret what was being said. It is the one and only Spirit, the Holy Spirit, who distributes all these gifts. He alone decides which gifts each person should have. You know, as we close and we really dig deeper this week, I want to encourage you I want to encourage you to open up your Bible and to begin to explore the gifts of the Holy Spirit mentioned here in 1 Corinthians. The reality is the Holy Spirit speaks through God's Word. God's Word speaks through the Holy Spirit. Finally, as we close, the Holy Spirit gives us life. Write that down. The Holy Spirit gives us life. It teaches us, right? The Bible speaks that Jesus is our great shepherd. He cares for us. So he gives us the Holy Spirit as our guide. The Holy Spirit then becomes the power of our life. The same power Jesus had, he sends to us. And finally, the Holy Spirit is what gives us life. The reality is you can experience a deep love for Jesus. You can see life-changing results that stand the test of time. The Holy Spirit's presence and power in your life. Galatians 5.22 says it this way, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things, meaning that they are all good and they can be working in our life. I remember as I was first following Jesus, I hadn't really learned much about the person of the Holy Spirit. That's why today as a pastor, I try to make sure right away, right when you give your life to Christ, Right? That's what our start here, 21-day devotional, is all about. Right, We talk about the gospel for a week. Right? Then we talk about the Bible and, and changing your mind and how you think through God's word. But then we immediately jump to the Holy Spirit because you need the Holy Spirit when you feel tired, when you feel empty, when you're dealing with the challenges of the day. I'm convinced that more Christians are worn out and discouraged because they haven't tapped in to the person of the Holy Spirit in their life. Listen, the Bible does instruct us, but the Bible also speaks to us. It tells us which way to go. The Holy Spirit will literally speak through the Word of God. It's called rhema. It's not just God's written Word, but it's God's Word applied to you. Did you know God sees you right where you are? And He wants to meet you right where you are. But you've got to accept the Bible's instruction, and then you have to listen for when the Bible speaks through the person of the Holy Spirit. 
I love this in Luke chapter 11, verse 9. I think this is a great instruction for anybody in here who may be feeling down, maybe feeling like you just you need more God in your life. Look what it says. It says, and I tell you, keep on asking, you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. For anyone who asks, receives. Everyone who seeks, finds. And everyone who knocks, the door will be open. I'm going to encourage you this week as you dig deeper, as you discuss how the Bible speaks in your small group and maybe with members of your family. I want you to take just a moment to bow your head and pray and ask this question. God, do you want to give me more? The answer is yes. And to start knocking and asking for more of the Spirit in your life. Let me pray for you. God, I thank you so much, Lord, for the power of your word. Thank you, Father, for what you're doing in our lives as Christians. Father, I invite your Holy Spirit into our lives this week, into my lives personally, into the lives of the people listening. I pray that you would move them. I pray for those who don't know Jesus. I thank you that your Holy Spirit speaks Jesus right now, draws them in to your gospel message that they confess Christ at the calling of the Holy Spirit. I pray, Father, for those of us that need an answer. We need wisdom. I thank you, Father, that all we have to do is knock. And when we don't get an answer right away, we just keep on knocking because you were always faithful to speak. And I pray, Father, whatever you speak to us, according to your word, we would listen and obey. It's in your name that we pray. And everybody said, amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message. You can stay connected with us at vintage.church or on Facebook by searching Vintage Church TX. Here at Vintage, we believe that church is more than a place or a weekend activity. It's a spiritual family where Jesus is the center of our lives personally and our relationships collectively. If you are in the Harker Heights, Fort Hood area, we would love to have you join us this week. You can learn more about us, our service times, and plan your visit by checking out our website at vintage.church. We hope to see you soon.